Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania alongside for the man that was supposed to be the bailiff for Law and Otis, but uh, JBL doesn't like him at all. <laughs> JC, thank you for coming in. Dun, 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 dun. Hell, dun, 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 dun. NFL! I realized I didn't do that this year. As I not. just fucking overmodulated uh, in the first two seconds. You're That's welcome. Okay. That's okay. Also, I don't want to lead anybody uh, in the wrong direction. He's not physically here. I don't know why I said thank you for coming in. He's he's coming in via FaceTime, but it's 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 still uh, you know I can see him. We get so. Nestlemania. What am I wearing? Right he's wearing now? a hurt business. It's a gold. I oh. can barely see it. It's a night. Listen, I have not seen a shirt that has gold on it that I've actually wanted to buy. That is the first shirt that I've ever seen that I may want to buy that has gold in it. This shirt's beautiful. Uh, the last two gold ones I can think of were the Mandy Rose, which is beautiful, and the Baron Corbin, which is beautiful. But this is probably the best shirt and the only shirt I've wanted to buy from WWE Shop in a very, very, very long time. So as JC alluded to, folks, we had a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view to go through. And uh, I'm curious, JC, I don't know. You want to start from the beginning? What would you like to do? Yeah, let's. Uh, so they obviously kicked it off in the major match. It was uh, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso. I quit match inside Hell in a Cell. And so I was, I mean, I was kind of over this feud because I thought it would have ended perfectly after uh, the last pay-per-view, which I don't remember what it was because it feels like it was just Clash of Champions. Um, but they kept it going for obvious reasons because it was hot. Jey Uso did a fantastic job. It really got Roman to that next level we were looking for. So like, you know what, we'll do it again, whatever. I can live with it. So I'm like, okay, inside Hell to Sell, that'll be cool. Then they added the I Quit stipulation. And I think it's been a few years since I remember there being an I Quit match, but I was quickly reminded why I hate this type of match because the pace is kind of like the same reason why you hate like the, what is it? The last man standing because yes. they do the 10 count. Yes. There's just too much ref involvement with like after every move, like once you get to the middle of the match, it's like asking if they quit over and over. So it slows down the pace and the ref just gets plain annoying. And look at me criticizing this type of match. It's just like a steel cage it has nothing to do with the performers because the emotional roller coaster that Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and Jimmy Uso put you on during this match was beautiful storytelling. Was it too long? Absolutely. It was 45 minutes of my life. But again, that's fine. But I I, I could have done without the I quit stipulation. I know why they did it. But it, man, it's just like I quit matches are tough for me. Look, and I, and I posted this on Twitter, and it's definitely something that it hurts me very much to say this, but I would have preferred no I quit. I don't think I quit matches have ever been that good. I mean, the only exception to me I can think of is Bret Hart and, and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, in my opinion, that is probably the only one that I can come off the top of my head that is, is uh, blatantly amazing. Um, but, I mean, there's little things, little trinkets here as the detective hat gets put on. But, like, you, you look at it, that you know, Paul Heyman said a lot of times, like, you know, Okay, we're going to see little increments of change in Roman Reigns. He has the golden arm uh, band, which I thought was a nice little touch because he's the golden boy, Thanos, the golden baby. touch. He's got the golden touch, Infinity right? Infinity gauntlet. Right. So he's he's 
He's going to destroy everything and everyone in his path. I did enjoy the leather strap aspect of stuff. Like, I'm going to get the whooping. You're going to go to work. All that stuff. They kept yelling and screaming at each other. thought that was great. The one thing that, again, this is why I hate the I Quit match when it comes to a very specific reason for me. I've watched it. I've booked it. I've been involved in things where this is like, I, I, I watch it and I'm like, why? And this was to no avail. Uh, did it? Sorry, to to any avail really is uh, Roman Reigns said the words "I'm gonna make you say the words I quit." Technically, the bell should have rang then because he said the words "I quit," which just makes it look stupid, makes it look terrible. Which I know everybody's gonna be sitting there going, "No, no, 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 that's not." Listen, on on a basic level, if he says the like, literally, you hear the commentators, the first person to say the words "I quit," it's like a spelling bee almost. Like whoever says it first wins or whatever. Like that's how I look you at have it. To say what? Damn it, didn't work. I was trying to get you at your own game. No. <laughs> uh, listen, yeah. <laughs> I, I may not have a lot of sleep underneath my belt, but I, I'm ready to go. I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of pent up frustration. I got to let out. Uh, but look, so the other thing too, which which was great, was the the tears of Roman Reigns. He might have gone to the acting mm-hmm. school of one Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't know. Although I've never seen Ooh. the Rock cry. But that was that was Hollywood. That was good stuff. And uh, you know that's the reason why Roman Reigns got his 45 fucking match. Now listen, I give a lot of shit to TJ about Johnny Wrestling and Johnny Gargano. So yes, this match was very long and very slow. It wasn't as good, uh, you know, wrestling wise as the Johnny Gargano match will be. TJ, so calm down. But I will say this much: if I could fast forward this match and get to the ending, this would have been an A plus match. The fact that Jimmy and Jay were in there, and he's like, "It's Josh and John, goddammit, it, it's Josh and John." Like they did the gray line kind of thing. I love that part, but the to me the crowning part was the best. I think having the, the wild the wild Samoans out there, having Paul Heyman in the background, looking like, "Oh my God, this is like a big moment," and then having the Usos kind of do that whole thing in in the ring, kind of looking like, "Oh, okay, he's crowned, he's crowned, he's crowned." He's officially the tribal chief, which again, good stuff. I don't know if we needed forty five fucking minutes for it. I think it's an overkill. I think you know the Hell in a Cell matches in general. Here's it, it'll probably be a, something. That we'll talk about more with the the Mac and, and Orton, but to me, I think the the Hell in a Cell has run its course for me as a fan, and I, I so, think I'm over it. The one thing that bothers me, like with I like we've talked about this, I know before, maybe we haven't in a while, so we can kind of rehash it. But like instead of just having pay per views with names and then like using the gimmicks when necessary and when they should be used, now that the gimmicks are part of the actual pay per view, it forces you to do it, and now we're at the point where it's like, well. We can't just have one Hell in a Cell match to make it special because that would uh, we need both men's titles to have it. We need a women's title to have it. Sometimes I have a tag team have it. But it's one of those things where the Hell in a Cell would feel more special if they only brought it out when the feud called for it, which honestly, all three of these feuds, I didn't mind it because storyline-wise, like it was at the point for all three of them to use it. It's just to have them all in one night is tough. And you, we're going to talk about it with the main event because yeah. the beginning of that match, yeah, we really hated it. Obviously, then it got good, but... This one to me was probably I put third on the list just because um, I thought the other pew, 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 Golden Knocker nominee, Sasha Bailey, which we're going to get to, Match of the Year nominee, and then Orton McIntyre, the last like 10 to 15 minutes of that match was fucking awesome. This match, it was fine. And if it was the only one, it probably would have felt a lot more special, but they all got outdone later in the night. Sure. And the other, the other thing I just want to say very quickly that uh, when I was watching this, Hell in a Cell portion, this this match specifically. The thing that was going through my brain was they added too much to it as already with the Hell in a Cell. They added too much with it with the I Quit match. But here's the kicker. If you watch the, the, the kickoff show, as we talk about. I didn't. Uh, well, that's fine. They replayed it on the, the pay-per-view if you watch quickly. That, not, that They've changed the ruling of like what was going to happen if Jey Uso's out. Like he's a servant and his family's 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 out. Like 
the they they added too much. Like they wanted to put it over the top. I would have thought this was a the big finish personally, but then the minute when I, when the guys told me, you know, uh, hey, this is happening, I went, eh, you know, I know what's going on first. That means Randy's winning. So, uh, I don't know. Like it 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 sucks because like again, checkpoints are fine, but I was disappointed in the overall that it was so long and that things are just ugh. But we'll move on from it. We'll move on to something I really don't have much to say about. Elias wins by DQ because Jeff Hardy hit him with a guitar. Thoughts? He can't lose cleanly, Jeff Hardy, and Elias apparently can't win because, you know, everybody's going to be like, he's a heel. But well, no, the- this, they want to do this match again. That's the way I took it. This was just like, we're going to book it on pay-per-view so people realize that we care about this feud because Elias has the big single coming out, which, by the way, got to number one, which is insane. Uh, but it's like, let's just do a DQ because, you know, the great thing about Elias, you can always hit people with a guitar. So here's here's my here's my here's this is this is my conspiracy theory hat going on right now. I wonder if that shit's padded or or somehow paid for or something. You know what I mean? Like or it's just like when you watch when you watch like so, hold on, when you watch CBS thing. and it's like number one, number one channel in fucking this demo, this demo. When I think of that, all I could think about when I saw number two on Spotify was like, what are they leaving out? Or who paid so no, no, what? No, legitimately, this did get to number one because the way it works is like it resets every time. And that means it's just the number one right now because think about it. When a song just comes out, everyone's going to download it if they want it. And especially with the reach that WWE has, even if you're like only a, like a kind of WWE person, you're downloading the song just to do it. So, of course, it's going to reach number one. It's not going to stay there. That's how you judge songs that are really good because it's based on down, – downloads get such a big part, but it's also based, based on plays and this. Something being so new, it is a huge accomplishment because it's a fucking non-singer hitting number one, but it's it won't last is my point. But for that day, that is a pretty big milestone for him. So good for Elias, man. Good yeah, for him. Let's move on to something else that we're all very excited about. So now we're going to start – porn time with jc because three of the next four matches are three of my favorite things ever okay hold so on before you hold on, before you did you say pouring or porn porn time porn as in p-o-r-n this was wrestle porn for me because like, okay three of my favorites got what they wanted nestlemania and we're gonna start with the miz because the miz was challenging otis for his money in the bank contract and we're watching this, like, okay, Tucker and Morrison are out there, blah, blah, blah. Is Miz actually going to do it? Ah, oh, there's no way they're going to pull the trigger. But then, out of nowhere, Ray called it, like, half-heartedly in the thread earlier in the day. Tucker turned on Otis. Miz has the best, like, shocked, dumbfounded face in the biz. Like, just like a, oh? And he gets the win, WrestleMania. And for the second time in his career, the Miz, the greatest WWE superstar, the most must-see of all time, is a future World champion. I don't think we can overstate, folks, that Ray Ray really did call this, and I was just like, in my head, I went, all right, we know he works for the WWE sometimes, so maybe he's plugged in. No, no, no. no, That's what I went. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love Ray Ray for uh, for saying it, but I think the only reason he said it is because I had literally said two messages before. I'm like, I bet the Morrison, I bet Morrison cost the Miz because WWE hates tag teams. And Ray was like, nah, they're going to have Tucker cost Otis because WWE takes tag teams. (laughs) So no, it's all the credit in the world for him getting it. But it was just, it's funny how that came to be. And I just, I love that he said it because honestly, when I saw that, I didn't take it seriously. I'm like, ah, nah, they're not going to break them up, especially with what happened on Friday. But they did it, and it actually worked in a shocking way. So good for them. The other thing too is like it's super simple now. It's just it, it, we've seen it before. It's like I, I've been this, I've been that. He can barely tie his shoes. Da, da, da. Like uh, okay, great, you know. But the other thing too is this is a C D level storyline. I'm back on SmackDown, so Otis can go back to being what we all thought he was, and that's fine. It sucks that we're like 
what I would have loved, and I guess I could talk about it more. Uh, we'll talk about it more later. But there's a, there's a lot of things that I could see going on with Otis and Tucker that would make a lot of sense. So kudos to The Miz for winning uh, with his dumbfounded, stupid face. And uh, <laughs> I, we'll, I'll, I'll lay out again for the porn time with JC. So, yeah. so next up, we have a nominee, as we mentioned earlier. And this will be in the final four. This will be on when we vote for Knockers WrestleMania. This is a shoe in to be on that list and a potential to win. Sasha versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Hell in a Cell. Sasha Banks, this is her third time entering the Cell WrestleMania, and she has had three of the absolute best Hell in a Cells in my memory that I love. Obviously, The Undertaker, the GOAT of uh, Hell in a Cells. But as I put out on Twitter, in five to ten years, he might have some company with the boss. But this time, WrestleMania, she actually won the match for the first time. I love there were so many callbacks in this match to like their NXT match and everything else. Sasha even hit a Bailey to belly. I believe it was on a ladder. There were just there was so much in this match. Like it was one of those things where it was lawn, but it was a good lawn because I didn't want to stop. I wanted to watch this forever. We're probably gonna see it a few more times. But it was just like the one thing about Sasha Banks telling us how matches every single time, there's new shit. There's new shit. And it's just like the ingenuity and her creativity and Bailey too, the two of them together, their chemistry. This match was so freaking beautiful. And I'm probably going to rewatch this several times before the end of the year. I will say the one thing that, that you took the words right out of my mouth when I was watching this, I went creativity. That's it. it it's a lot of creativity. Like the, the the ability to put the table at a certain degree angle like that into the sliding knees into the, into the, that was awesome. Watching the way they put kendo sticks together, the duct tape, all these things, they were using ingenuity and doing things in a different way, which again, the hard part for them is that the more they do it, the more people are going to want the ingenuity. So it's and to her to their credit, every single time she has continued to do no, it. No, no, no. I'm just saying for them, it amazing. sucks because the 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 window of opportunity to be maybe I'm wrong, and I hope I am because I'm well, enjoying no, no, no. it. I think I think you're absolutely right. It's one of those things, but that's that's how it should be. The better you get, the higher the expectations for you get, and that's why the great ones we consider them great because we keep raising the bar for them and they deliver. Right. Exactly. So, no, I, I was I was very pleased with it because again, we'll talk about this I think when we hit Mac time, but it's. At least if you're not going to give me certain aspects of Hell in a Cell that I grew up with, at least give me something I haven't seen. And this, in my opinion, out of everything on, on the card or anything I can remember in the last little while, that this is the only thing that I'll remember. Probably rewatch. And this is the only rewatchable value match that I've seen in, in a while for me. So I, I'm very much excited to see where this goes for the Golden Knockers because it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll, it'll like I said, it'll be in the final four. We have about 15 matches listed right now. So the other three, to, to be determined. But uh, we're going to take an intermission here from uh, Porn Time with JC, which I will say, it is still the Hurt Business. So even my intermission slaps. Um, Bobby Lashley had a U.S. <laughs> hold, on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you get there, can we please not bury the lead with the promo backstage? Because that was my favorite part. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So and we, you got my pun there, right? I said slaps, and we're talking about slap chat. I did, I did. Come it on. was a good okay, segue. Yeah. I'm ruining everything. But the MVP <laughs> okay. promo with the with the guy. Talk, was not, oh, it's so good. So, so they're sitting there, they're talking, and then uh, I think it was either Charlie or – I think it was Charlie – uh, asking them a question, and then like Shelton Benjamin from the fucking clouds <laughs> says he's like, "Oh, we should face the one with the stupid mask." And all of them were like, "Huh?" And, like he's like he's like, "I said it," you know. Like that's exactly how he. I loved it. I thought that was a great little quib. I thought it was awesome. And then uh, I'm sorry, it's just the fact that Shelton Benjamin never really gets to say anything funny is just it. It was all he needed to do, and it was just it was wonderful. He's finally figured out that it's just like because he's never been a guy that's a good promo. I can admit that as like the biggest Shelton Benjamin fan in the world. 
but now he's at the point now where he adds one little thing every segment and it fucking steals the segment. Remember like the even the backstage thing where he had the eyes going? He didn't have to say a word. It's just Shelton has enough there and he just he lets it all out at once. So it's perfect. But I mean, I just love this faction. We obviously Lashley pretty much squashed uh Slapjack, which is what it is, because you know, Retribution's never ever gonna win a match, I think. But I mean, at least we got the US title defended. It's a thing. I mean, really, that's yeah. all it is. It's a thing. That's how I felt about it. Not all a right, job. Not on. a not a job alert. It was over four uh, four minutes yes. or five minutes. So, which is good. It's on pay per view. Uh, put a little respect on that slap and jacket name. Uh, but next up, WrestleMania, we have the main event of the evening. Randy Orton challenges Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. As we mentioned at this point, I was fatigued too with the Hell in a Cell in the first probably ten to fifteen minutes of this match. I was like, oh boy. I love both these guys. You know, I'm sick of this feud, whatever. But then, like, the, the thing I least expected, I think, like, our boy Danny said in the thread, uh, said that, oh, I wonder if they're going to climb the cage. And TJ was immediately like, no way, not these two guys. And I agreed with him. But then as I, as I saw him type that, Randy Orton started climbing the cage. If you gave me odds for the six people in the Hell in a Cell who would climb the cage, Randy Orton would have been at the bottom of the list, like, 250 to 1. But he fucking did it. And I loved it, too, because one thing about Randy Orton is he's smart. And he took Drew McIntyre out of his game. He realized what Orton was trying to do inside the cell didn't work. So being the fucking general and the intelligent man he is, he's like, you know what? I'm going to change the playing field. And by going up on the cell first, you have a distinct advantage because you can wait up there for your opponent. He had the pipe up there, too. So it was like kind of a last resort thing. So I thought it worked well with the story. And this is when the match flipped on for me. It was like, okay, I'm out of my slumber. I'm going to enjoy this last final stretch because it's going to be good. Obviously, they didn't go off the top of the cage. They climbed down onto the footholds, which, yes, those have never been there before. Whatever. Didn't bother me that much because I'm safety first and whatever. And it's these your two your, your two top guys on Raw. I don't want them getting hurt. But McIntyre took the bump because uh, we knew Orton wasn't going to take that bump. And it was huge. It eventually gave Orton the victory after he reversed the second Claymore into what, Nestlemania? RKO. The three most devastating letters in sports entertainment. Randy Orton, a 14-time world champion, as he continues to climb the GOAT status rankings. So here's, I think here's where we can lay out on this one. Like, we can talk about this. I thought out of the three matches, this was the worst, until the end. Like, if you had to ask me halfway through, I thought this was the worst Hell in a Cell match I had seen in a long time. Once they got to the cage, I was thinking, okay, you've changed my mind. You've changed my mind. It's good. It's good. But then when they did, like, to me, like, at least it was fun that I know, like, if you think about it, Reigns and, and Jay Uso had the theatrical version. Bailey and Sasha had the, like, weaponry and kind of wrestling, wrestling Actual carnage, wrestling one, like, yeah. moment. And then Orton and, and Mac had kind of this weird catch-me-if-you-can cerebral feeling inside and out of the cage, which was fine, but it's still, to me, with the exception of, like, the last, like you said, five, ten minutes, really was not that great. And I thought out of the three matches, this was the worst, and I probably won't remember it. Uh, but that's how I feel about it. You you can change my mind, I'm sure. I So I think th- th- this is the difference to me. The one I'm going to remember the most is Sasha Bailey, because right. it was by far the best. Um, I put this one second because... I think I'm going to remember Randy Orton climbing a cage and McIntyre falling off because they're going to show you that McIntyre clip over and over again. And just the fact is, like, the Roman Reigns one, the end result was exactly what we expected. This one, we were kind of torn. I think most of us picked McIntyre. So Orton, the culmination of Orton actually winning 
might make it memorable just because it was such a big win. So I think that's the only reason to me why I put it second ahead of Reigns and Uso was mainly because of that last five minutes. It was enough to vault it. So you, here's the other question too is, so they he wins, he's the 14-time champion. Like, I don't know if he'll ever, he might get the 16. I don't know if he'll ever, never, I, don't think so. I don't think he'll get to, to 17. This, I, honestly, I could see this being his last reign. I honestly, if you would have told me coming into the year, if Randy Orton asked me if, if Orton would be a champion again, I'd probably say no, mainly because, like, you talk about guys not needing it. It's like he's done it so much, and there are so many dudes. But you talk about this year in 2020 and how shitty he's been, and who is one of the guys that has, if not the top, who has risen to the top? It's been Randy Orton. So this one was well-deserved. It made sense. It's a good guy to have on top and representing your company. Um, so, But I don't know if it's going to happen again because, I mean, Orton, I, I thought, honestly, this – starting the last couple of years that Orton was transitioning to a part-time superstar. Cause we'd seen him come in, he'd be full-time for six months. Then he'd take like four months off, but he really hasn't done that this year. And I think part of it is cause he's enjoying so much of what he's doing. But my expectation is after this rain, I do expect him to transition more into more part-time. So I think this might actually be it for him. Okay. And go back to the match real quickly. Do you think, cause this is how I feel. I think personally, when I'm watching that matchup, I just, words can't really describe this, but it's just, I don't necessarily care about Hell in a Cell anymore. Like I was watching it going, there's nothing that literally you, it's a, you can't do the blood. You can't do the craziness anymore. It's, it's literally a, just a giant container. I think they didn't, didn't they do blood blood last year? Was it the Lesnar match? I think they did. Maybe, but they don't so do I, it a lot. No. And it's one of those things. It's like, it is, it's definitely because we have too many of them. But then uh, just think about what the ride we got with the Sasha Bailey match. Like, that was one of the matches of the year. So for me, like, I still enjoy them. I just wish it wasn't a pay-per-view and they pulled it out when they needed it. You know, same thing with Elimination right. Chamber. Same thing with TLC. Like, all these special matches that they made, like, a once-a-year attraction, I'd rather have them pop up when they should be because I think it'd be more special. Like, sure. anytime when they started branding them, it kind of did ruin them a little bit. But I still can enjoy the matches because sure. I thought one and a half of these matches were absolute classics. So the other thing, too, is when you just you, you said that you piqued my interest. We talked about this earlier, but here's where I wanted to go with this. The, what we're used to as children, or at least in our teens, maybe even in our 20s, when we're watching and it's like you don't know what's going to happen. A feud is culminating and culminating and someone's like, you know what? You and I were going to settle this in Hell in a Cell. And then there's the reaction to it. When you already know that it's coming in October, like you said, there's no surprise factor to any of these matches, a TLC, a Money in the Bank or anything. Like Money in the Bank's a little bit different. It's more of a flagship yeah. you know, match at this point. But the other matches, like that's why nobody watches a cage match. Nobody cares. I don't care about a Survivor Series uh, pay-per-view. Honestly, you can get into it with me about that if you want at some point. But we will. There's, you can't sell me on Survivor Series. I think I think it's... Uh, oh, it's, I will. I'm sure you will. I'm, uh, you're going to try anyway. But there's the, there's the aspects of wrestling where I'm like, okay... The surprise factor of these specialty matches, like you said, is really what's missing. It's really the hard the hard part for them is that they have they should take all of those specialty pay-per-views away and go back to the Armageddons, go back to the black, Backlast or Fully Loaded or whatever, like Agreed. Insurrection. Just do that stuff. Like, no they're mercy. Just, they're just names. Vengeance. Like, you know, Vengeance. Give me, give me all those. Make up new names. I don't care. Taboo like, Tuesday. Yeah, give me... You don't need a gimmick every Great single time. Balls of fire. Like that's the thing that I just I I really have a dis dis just a huge disagreement with people about. Especially if I ever met Vince McMahon, I'd probably be like, ah, yes, sir, of course, sir, yes, sir. Ah, but if I had enough balls, I'd say to him like, look, like 
you don't have to always look at something and go, this needs more or this needs to have this like the first time ever. Like I know we've got a super boner for first times ever and all this shit. Like it has to be a specialty. It has to be different. It has to be different, which I understand. That's not just WWE though. That's everything. No, I know. It's just, it's such a weird thing to have though. Sometimes like it's a fascination for it. So that's yeah. how I feel about it. But we've talked about no, it a long time. The, so. Well, the reason, the reason why they started doing this with the pay-per-views is it was because of the ticket sales. Like if say there's an October pay-per-view in Boston, if you tell me it's hell in the cell, we're super boned up to go because we know we're getting a Hell in a Cell match. If it was just called No Mercy, like, we're still going to go. But some people would be like, oh, I don't know what it is. No Mercy. Like, I don't know what's going to be on there. It could be a shitty main event. Like, But at least the, I think that's part of the big reason why they started doing it, which I get. But it does. I do agree with you. I'd rather have it go back. But you know what, WrestleMania, you mentioned there. We got Survivor Series on the deck. And it's time to go to the shine, much like Mandy Rose, who we'll get to in a bit. But my biggest shot of the week, WrestleMania, and we're going to SmackDown because I don't know if you watched Raw, but not great, Bob. But on SmackDown, something great happened. And I noticed it pretty quickly when they're like, oh, Shorty G's getting an interview. Are they actually going to be doing something with Shorty G? Well, he calls out Lars, so I'm like, okay, he's getting squashed. But that's a good thing. Are we going to see a breaking point for Shorty G? Yes, we do because... You know, they actually had a competitive match. I don't know if it was a jobber alert, but like Shorty got a little yes, bit. Yes, it was. It was a jobber alert. Yeah, but Lars, it turned pretty quickly because then Lars did his Lars thing. So it worked for both things. Lars got his win. Shorty got his change because Shorty G, he quit. He's finally sick of the bullshit. The power positivity is no more. And we got a possible comeback nominee in Chad Gable. Now, you know me. I've always been a big Chad Gable slash Shorty G fan. We both were in NXT when he came up with the towels. Then at the American Alpha with Jason Jordan is one of my favorite tag teams. Them and the Revival had some of my favorite series of matches, which the uh, Revival slash FTR still talk about on Twitter to this day. But Chad Gable, the Olympian, is back, baby. I love him. Is he small? Yes, we know you're a shy shy shamer. But he's so freaking good. Sometimes too good for his own good, which is why I think he's kind of in the position he is. But we've seen that he can talk. We've seen that there's a chance for him. Will he probably end up in a tag team again? He might, but honestly, he's one of the best tag team wrestlers in the world, so I don't mind it. But they're finally investing something into Chad Gable now, and we all care about him so much because so many people hated the Shorty G thing so much. It has that little extra. And that was part of the reason why like, I did kind of like the Shorty G thing besides the stupid costume, which I love because I would wear that because he looked like a fool. You know, it's what, Yeah, we colors. did the Photoshop with you in face. Yeah, yeah I, like, I, I loved it. But part of the reason why I loved it is because I'm like, if there's ever a chance for us to really get behind him, they have to make him like it's so annoying and treat him so shitty that the fans will want and want him to succeed so bad. And they did that now with the Shorty G gimmick. So I'm excited that for a guy they didn't draft and they just stuck on a show, they are investing time into him because he got a lot of time in SmackDown and I expect it to continue. And I'm excited to see the next chapter in the career of our guy, Chad Gable. You want to talk about a guy that definitely needs a heavy. This is the guy. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, AJ Styles has that, you know, as they call him an associate now because they can't give his fucking name Jordan. But Former Raw Underground bouncer. The associate. Guy. The associate. <laughs> At least they don't call him Diesel. <laughs> you know, like that's that'd be that'd be really bad. Uh, although Big Sexy is a better name anyway. Uh, so I, I, when I watched that, I was excited. I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is great. Like, they basically said the last year and a half has been nothing, doesn't matter, whatever. But I'm excited for the, the the what I want is he did this one time in NXT, and I I 
The only way I can say this is isn't it like an extra hope or anything. This is exactly how I feel. He literally word for word in an NXT promo ripped off Shooter McGavin and was like, <laughs> I don't know what you guys put in the water down here in Tampa, but man, it's just every time I leave, it gets harder. You know, every time I come here, it gets harder and harder to leave. And I thought to myself, that's what he needs to be. He needs to be Shooter McGavin. He needs to be so good at what he does and he needs to rack up some wins. That's what he needs. Like that's that's what he needs to be. Like he with the with the gable towel, the whole thing. Like and having a heavy. Like having like if he could if he could rack up some wins. Like if they and they won't do it now because you know AJ Styles is using that device right now, so it's probably not going to happen. Although it would be great to have AJ Styles win the United States Championship and you know Shorty G to win the Intercontinental Championship and have them like with their both big heavies and like a backstage promo looking at each other like. Ah. Look at this guy. He needs help. And he's like, what the hell did he say? You know, like, that would be great. I would I would go gangbusters over that stuff. I don't think AJ Styles needs a heavy, but I think Chad Gable would be the type of person to rack up wins with help and think that he did it by himself, like, ignoring the person's help. I would love that. I think that would be amazing. I think that would be great. Uh, maybe, Jordan, you know, Jason Jordan could come back. Maybe. We'll see. But We wish, but we it, wish. that sure sounded like a career ender. Sure. And so, if it is, it is. But And that sucks. But... I think having a heavy for him would would really put him over the top because then you can have that character get a lot further. Because Daniel Bryan's not very tall, but he had Rowan. You know, it's like not that that made any difference, but it's just yeah, he was I, already. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, no, and that's why the one thing I say is I think the end game might be to find him a good tag partner again. Because think about it, he was great with Jason Jordan, who they kind of mushed together. Right. Him and Shelton, it was a short run, but they worked so well together in the ring. So finding that type of person, because it, it doesn't have to be someone who can necessarily talk, because I think Gable's proven that he can. Yeah. I know a lot of people have linked him to Austin Theory and NXT, who also quit last week. I think wrestling-wise, they'd be an interesting tandem. Um, and Shorty G can maybe play the mentor role. I don't know if that's really what you're looking for, because he's not really a heavy. But that's someone I think who could be very interesting. Um, but I think that's the end game for this, and I'm all for it because WrestleMania, WWE needs tag teams. Not just tag teams. Just please don't give us every single hodgepodge tag team. Like, give us some time. Like, but you can't. Yes, develop them because yeah, that's like, what I mean. there are, there are. Yeah. So it's like develop them, make a storyline. Like the reason why we fell in love with American Alpha was it started with the towel, and it worked its way up to them becoming this technically amazing tag team. And it's just, I mean, I wish they never would have got broken up, but it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, you can call Chad Gable a tag team specialist. Maybe he is. I think he could be more, but his size in WWE, I don't think he's ever going to get higher than that. So get him in a tag team, man, and let him shine. Sure. Let him shine. All right. Since we're in the shine, uh, is there anything else on SmackDown you would like to talk about? Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. So here's... Von Otis. Ooh, yeah. So here's here's what here's, a name, by the way. Yeah, I know. Title. when I saw the title, I'm like, I'm already in. I'm in. So here's 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 my nitpicky thing that I don't understand. They did Law and Otis, Law, sorry, Law and Otis, <laughs> which was fine and funny and it was good. But then they did the People's Court theme, and in my head, I'm like, pick one, just fucking pick one. They probably couldn't do a full rip off. So here's how they wanted to use two. Here's 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 where I have bullshit written all over it. Law and Order is owned by the NBC family. They could yeah. have absolutely done that. But this that. was on Fox. Yeah, but you're going to tell me that there is no way that they could have had that? Come on. Yeah, that that insecure? That they're not going to let that? Maybe they were like, yes, you can use the font, but you can't rip off our show. So That'd be so stupid. Like, you're trying to help everybody here. Especially... Nestlemania, this is too nitpicky Hold on, hold on, hold on. This was especially, too good to nitpick. Especially if The Miz is going to Raw. 
they could have done something for the Miz. That's all I'm saying. Now this this was great. You had JBL, the judges was funny. You had Ron Simmons uh, chilling there as well. You even had a Teddy Long cameo. Cameo. Holla, holla, holla. You said everything I wanted when I was. We've been talking about this court segment for like a month. In my excitement for it, it had everything I wanted and more. It was ridiculous. It was silly. It was fun. It actually had a payoff, literally, where the Miz paid off JBL um, to get his thing. So it's just like, was JBL acting great? No. But this is a fucking parody. That's what it's supposed to be. It was the entertainment. It was the E in WWE. I loved it. It led to a storyline or uh, culmination at Hell in a Cell. So it fit in perfectly in the storyline. This, I wouldn't say A+, plus because it's hard to get an A+, plus, but I'll give it an AA- minus for sure. It is funny to me to have the Miz pay off JBL because we all know that JBL <laughs> kicked him out of a locker room for eating a you know bag of chicken or whatever. And chicken over a bag. rich as hell. Yeah, exactly. It's like he, we get it. He loves money, but it's just kind of funny to me. It's like me and Ron, we would you know we'd be fired five times over because of shit we did, and then it's just like, oh yeah, I love money, you know. But that's fine. It, the other thing too that was just kind of weird. It was just like, again, a more wrestle logic than anything else was just like. He could have overturned the entire thing and just given the briefcase, but I get that the WWE is like, no, we didn't make a match out of it. So I, I get that aspect of it, but it was just kind of like, I would have been mad if he would have just gave him the briefcase. Yeah, I guess so I guess of, you have a point I'm kind there. of glad there was a match. Yeah, so, yeah I would've been I, mad about that. I just there's there's certain things like so uh, I don't know Oscar's new thing now is stealing everybody's catchphrases, which is funny. Like the holla <laughs> holla holla thing was funny. How good was that segment on Raw? That might have been the best part of Raw. That so, backstage with so, the, the New Day pulling off the street profits and Oscar. That one, so that was the part that for me was the best part of Raw, was just watching them make fun of the Street Profits throwing to graphics, and then Asuka, and I was thinking to myself, man, Asuka's going to run through every catchphrase ever created. It's so good! It's going to be ridiculous. Like, I'm not a big Asuka fan, I know. I'm not. But when she's like, she's not doing anything, so it's fine. Like, right now, like, she doesn't have, like, there's nobody that matters to her right now. Like, she'll take on Sasha Banks at some point, and I'm sure they'll make a big deal out of it in, like, no, weeks to come. No, that is. Survivor Series, and that match is going to be fucking awesome like all their other matches. Like the 40 they've had before, yeah. Rerun. Yeah, and they're, they're all amazing. That's a so, good rerun. We talk, It was just like the Del Rio Mysterio. Like, I'll watch that over and over again. So, yeah, like, the, to me, the big, were we done with Law & Order? Or Law & Order, excuse me. Well, yeah, I was going to say the big takeaway from that segment, too, as good as it was, the Hurt Business coming for those tag team titles, baby. Finally, we have some legit contenders. So no, I, I, I did. I, I did want to say very quickly that the uh, the Oscar portion of that was great. But to me, the big one was the New Day dressing up as the Street Profits so because good. I just couldn't believe. Like, it's hard to have two babies, like two baby teams, make fun of each other in like a joshing kind of way. No pun intended. Uh, and it's just so funny to have like the Burger King crown and then just like. <laughs> The other one is like, I didn't say full Dawkins. Like, it was just like the way he was like, half <laughs> so Dawkins, good. half Dawkins. <laughs> so good. Like, just, I, I thought that was great. Like, is he high? Is he knocked out? Like, it was just so fucking funny. Uh, but it, it made you go back to realize, like, this is why the New Day is so good. Like, that they are head and shoulders above certain, like, they can find the littlest teeny thing and make it work. So I'm curious to see it. Now it now makes me feel like on SmackDown, I want to see the response. Like, I want to yes, see what oh, they absolutely. do. absolutely. And so here we go. This is where we can get into JC's Survivor Series pitch to Nestlemania. Thank you. So, so you get, uh, hold on. Before you do this, every yes. week we got to have this because I will not – I will still not care. So to me, like I'm kind of with you most of the time with this Survivor Series thing because it hasn't been – like it's the last like decade. It's kind of gone by the wayside. But, you know, I thought – if honestly, think about this, Nestlemania. Watch like the last two years 5v5 men's matches. Like, the one two years ago, I believe, was a Match of the Year nominee. It was incredible. And then last year's, you had the awesome Keith Lee moment. So, 
as weird as this, I know you say that these matches don't matter, but it's like, it's WWE. Barely any of the matches matter because they don't track wins and losses, and a guy can lose one title and immediately challenge for a bigger title. Shit like that. So, but the exciting part is you get these matchups that we never, ever get. And we already talked about Sasha Asuka. We've seen it, but it's going to be a good match. Fine. But we're getting the Street Profits versus the New Day, which they've saved, which is just going to be a lot of fun. Like you mentioned, leading up. The lead up, I think, the next couple weeks for these two is going to be so much fun because they're two of the most charismatic teams that WWE has ever had. In the rain will probably be fantastic, too. It's going to be a high spot fest. Um, and then we also get Orton versus Reigns, which we haven't seen in a long time. And uh, both of them at their peaks, especially both being heels. Plus, now you got the Miz wild card thrown in. I'm all boned up for that one, baby. So, and then Lashley, Sami Zayn, whatever. Uh, that'll be fine. It's Sami Zayn in the Hurt Business. That could actually be interesting. But the men's 5v5, like I mentioned, the last couple of years has been really good. And if you don't believe me, I think you should go back and watch the last two years. Last year, like I said, the big Keith Lee coming out part of the year before that was a match of the year for the Knockers nominee, the 5v5. So there's been a lot of good stuff, I think, the last couple of years with Survivor Series. I think they've saved it. It's never going to be what it used to be, but they've evolved it in a different way. Obviously, they took NXT out of the mix this year, which I honestly don't think it was a bad thing. As cool as last year was, if they did that every year, there's just too much going on. So I'm kind of glad this year that it's back to how they were doing it before. But I think if you're a wrestling fan, not so many. You love wrestling. You have actual wrestling more than I do. And what they're promising you with Survivor Series this year is some really good wrestling with Asuka Sasha, Street Profits New Day, or in Reigns. I think we're going to see a lot of really good wrestling. It's something different from all the other pay-per-views where it's just like, we talk about a lot of the times the monotony and how they have so many. Is Survivor Series fifth on the big five? Yeah, because we're talking Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, the two best gimmicks they got going, and then WrestleMania and SummerSlam, which have the two best cards of the year. So of course it comes in at fifth, but I still think it's a strong fifth because of the difference you get. And we talk about the talent they have in WWE and how we hate reruns. The nice thing about Survivor Series is we're getting stuff we know we're not going to see again for a while because it is the top stars in each brand going head-to-head. So just think about it like that. Because I know for you, like, it, I understand the reasons why you don't like it, and I share a lot of the same sentiments. But I just think, like, the quality of the matches we're going to get, you, the difference of, like, this month that we're going to get, if they can find a way to still keep the storylines for the champions like kind of as a sidebar or going in, that's like the optimal way to do it. It's hard, but that's why I like having the Hurt Business be like, oh, New Day, we're coming for that ass. So like you kind of have the Hurt Business creeping up on them, but at the same time, they're preparing for the Street Profits. I think it's honestly an exciting time, and I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised come Survivor Series Sunday. Okay, so can I uh, jump in here? Yeah, I, I need a breath because okay. that was a lot of talking. Yeah, it was. You're very well long-winded. So uh, that was almost Johnny Gargano-like. So... Here's my aspect of it that I, I, I want, and I'm sure you'll defend it more, and that's fine. I don't really care uh, going forward. The thing that scares me, and they've done it, you can you can absolutely attest to this. The last two, three years, they've done this. It's they change the belts on people last minute. So you're, so Sometimes here's, it's okay. So, so here's, here's, here's my thing. If you get Street Profits versus Hurt Business, you're okay with it, obviously. Right? Yes. But you would rather see New Day versus Street Profits, correct? Probably, but I would be fine with either of those. I don't think that one's going to change. Though. Okay, maybe it will. I, I have a tendency to believe that that championship is going to change or the Street Profits will lose to some random hodgepodge tag team. I hope not, but honestly, I think I think I don't think the the Orton Reigns one will change either because you have the Miz and the Fiend lurking for that match. So that one screams schmoz anyways. 
I don't think the tags will change because I think this is like an opportunity to actually do this match um, where you aren't really going to get this match besides that. The women's match, I think, should stay the same as well and probably will unless if Asuka surprisingly loses, which I don't see anyone on that roster to do it. The one that could change is Lashley Zane. Um, whether it's Lashley getting screwed out of a match with uh, somebody random because of Retribution or if Sami Zayn loses it along the way, if like maybe like fucking Lars beats him up and you get Lars Lashley or something like that. But I think honestly, besides that, that's the only one I can see changing. And again, I hope it doesn't happen because it's been a device they've used at least two or three times already. Um, and it's been really a pain in the ass because you guys were super hyped for Jinder Mahal and Brock Lesnar. You never got it. So, you know. Yeah, but w- what match did we get instead? Right. I know. That's fine. We got a better we got a better wrestling match. I just I was just boned up for it because I thought it would be such to see like how do they book Jinder against Brock? And they couldn't. But instead, they couldn't. That was the Styles one, I believe, yes, right? Yes, yes. And that match was fucking awesome. So I was right. fine with that change. Right. And I, those are those are just the thing. And again, we've already harped on this a lot for Survivor Series specifically, but for me it's more of a there's no stakes. There's no reason to care. Like there's like yes, it's bragging yeah, but rights like and all that stuff, but like there's the nothing. majority of wrestling matches and then like half the time you have the, the same people that say that that say, oh, the titles don't actually matter. They're props. So it's like, okay, then nothing matters. So why do you watch? You know, it's one of those things where it's like, as a wrestling fans, like WWE doesn't care about wins and losses. Like contenders aren't always earned. They just kind of come out. But we're still watching. Why are we watching? Because we want to see something good. Right. And at least when I look at this Survivor Series card, I see a lot of things that are going to be really good. So I'd rather have that than have... Um, you know, part seven of Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Give it a month off. They'll probably do it again. But, like, give it a month off where we have Orton and Reigns mixed in. And I think that will be perfect for everyone. Sure, and that's fine. And 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 for me, it's more of a, like, you know, you can do, like, soccer relegation kind of thing where it'd be, like, you know what? If you lose your match, you're automatically in a pool that you will ha- you might be fired. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like, that's fine. Or you have to defend your title, like, immediately. You know what I mean? Something Maybe like that, Maybe the winner yeah. doesn't have to defend their title for, like, a month. So, but give, give, give me some context to be like, okay, Sasha Banks lost. She could potentially be fired, but she's a champion. How does that happen? Like, so at least you this, piqued my interest for that. So this is where I think not having the GMs hurts. Because a GM could set those stakes where it'd be like, I want to prove that our show is the best show. So if you, it's like with the five on five match, like if I loved in the old days and it was like Bischoff, he's like, if you guys help me win, you all get one favor that you can use at any time. And then it's exciting because you're looking at it's like, oh man, Keith Lee is a favor. He could use that tomorrow night for a world title opportunity, or he could save it for down the line. Like I've always loved stuff like that. But the problem is now we have um, Lord Adam Pierce, who's the GM of both shows clearly with his sidekick, uh, Pat Buck. Uh, But it's just, that's where I think the not having the leadership roles kind of hurts it, but I still think there's enough here where this is going to be a bomb-ass wrestling pay-per-view. And I'm sure I'm sure it will be, but like I said, I'm not excited for it, and I think that the Did stakes are Did I get you important. at least more excited for it? To help you look at it a different way, Nestlemania, so you can look at it and be like, you know what? Maybe this is one of these where, like, I can take off my, like, monocle and my, like, you know, my glasses down on my nose, maybe put them back on my face, lean back with the two kids on my lap, kick up my feet, and just enjoy some of the best in the world just wrestling and going at it and just the pure nature of greatness and just enjoy it you've thawed this coal miser if that's what you're asking <laughs> all right all right that's, that's, so that's, that's coming you, from you that's pretty good. you've thawed me but that doesn't mean i'm interested I, I i'm out of i'm like a dinosaur coming out of like you know the the ice age so come on you've got that's you, true. you've got three weeks so you know what you may you by by week three or four you may have made me interested that's why it's a little i bit. think i think after street profits friday segment Maybe you'll be in. Maybe. Because I, I Maybe. think they're going to one-up the new day, and I can't wait. 
the thing that I hope here's the thing. Like for me, like if the Street Profits are gonna face, like it would be funny for them to do the, the new day thing and then have Big E walk in the background and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like that would be to be like. <laughs> but then to add to it would be even funnier is if he did it with them. Like that'd be oh, even be funnier. So good. But I don't know if they'll do that. Like that. See, like to or, me, that's the stuff that I'd be excited for. Or we're gonna transition because uh, probably my favorite music in WWE right now because it slaps is Bianca Belair. Have her be Big E. That would be a funny sketch that I would enjoy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to have that, like th- that, um, that little mixture added to it. By the way, she finally uh, competed on SmackDown, got a win over Zelina Vegas. So, job for alert. her. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The more I get to hear, I'm on my own. I guess I will. Uh, uh, I lo- I dude. I think it's the combination of that music. She obviously has one of like the best like looks going with like the razzle dazzle. She's fucking whipping her hair. It's just like I get excited whenever I see her. She might not be the best technical wrestler or anything like that, but like in terms of like oozing charisma and character, it's just like, man, her and Montez must be like the coolest, like them, the Miz and Maurice are like the two coolest couples in the world of all time. Maybe. So cool. Maybe. They're so cool, man. Okay. All right. Great. Wonderful. They get to sit at the cool kids table. Anything else? One day I want to sit with them. All right. What else? We got to move this show along. We're already in the shine. Let's move this along. Well, we haven't really talked about much pure wrestling from these shows, but I thought SmackDown and Raw each had one great match. Rollins and Murphy was very solid as Rollins picked up the win, but also on Raw, I saw you even tweet about it. Sheamus, Matt Riddle might have been my favorite of the TV matches of the week. It was physical. I loved it on SmackDown when they did it, and I thought I did a good job on Raw here. I loved, I, say what, like I said on Twitter, say what you want about those guys specifically. If you like them, if you don't, that really doesn't really matter to me. I can sit back and watch that match and go, okay, that was physical. That was WWE. You, you, we joke about the, the, the gymnastical kind of things that happened on Raw with Ricochet. I, I'm more of a meat potato kind of guy. Like I want to see some, you know, literal potatoes thrown. I want to see. You some... want to see Sheamus versus Lars Sullivan? Absolutely. <laughs> Give me Lars bars every day in my life, folks. Uh, I wanted. I just. I like things that look like an accident. I don't want it to be too pretty. This was not pretty. And so for me, I like things that are down, dirty, grimy wrestling. And I, I, I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, and I thought that uh, Rollins and Murphy, although I was surprised. They probably panic a little bit more with that, but I, I'm sure they have an idea of where they want to go with it anyway. So I, I guess I should be, I don't know, I just cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I guess it's probably the best way to say it. Like I, I was pissed that it was on free TV, but like you said before, not everything they has to be a like pay-per-view. Five segments though, which I was like, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. The Aaliyah thing was a little odd too, because I was thinking, yeah. I'm like, oh. she's not gonna kiss him, is he? You know, but like, my oh my. Kiss the girl. Uh. Well, he apparently loves Little Mermaid. Who doesn't? My wife sings the, all that songs to the kids all the time. Yeah, so that's she should. That's like a great movie to show your kids. It is. Or as an adult, just watch it because I—I I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But sure. I—I sure. I remember it was my sister's favorite one, so I've probably seen that one more than any. I like Snow White the best because I was a big fucking Seven Dwarfs guy. You know, I love like the. <laughs> I love. I like like I like things like that where I have a huge variety to choose from. Um. So I think Sleepy was my favorite because that's a pretty fucking cool gimmick, man. To sleep all day. Yeah. How come oh, you'd be like hit, hit very, very far off topic? How would <laughs> Sleepy not have anything to do with Sleeping Beauty getting woken up? I'm just saying. I mean, that's no Snow White, but it was just it's a different just, movie, bro. I know. I'm just saying, like you similar could, theme though, because yeah. Snow White, yeah. So. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like you know, you could, you talk about the Marvel universe. You could have the Disney universe here. Just, just saying, just saying. Whatever. I agree. I agree. I'm sorry, we're way off topic now. We're, we need to move this along. Is there anything else that made you very excited? Um, so maybe you're using this as a tr- transition piece uh, for the detective, but I will yep. say 
Um, in the Firefly Funhouse, and specifically in that moment of bliss, like specifically Alexa Bliss, I kind of talked about how, like, I think it was like two weeks ago, how I wasn't all the way there with her yet. This week, she fucking found her stride in her character in every in the Funhouse, and then on uh, Moment of Bliss, like in the background and everything. She was fucking nailing the Harley Quinn and the Joker role of Bray Wyatt. I thought she was her performance, like. Give that woman an Emmy because she has fucking found her groove. And I'm even more excited for these segments going forward. So I was very excited for the Firefly Funhouse. And I did put on my detective hat because he did dress up as, you know, Mad Hatter, which if you've not gone into Alice in Wonderland, I'm not going to give you the verbal diarrhea of every little thing. His card did say 1119, which was correlated to the clock way back when, when he started, if anybody cares. Uh, it is not correlated, I don't believe, to a specific date yet, unless you go back to last year, but that didn't work out. Um, so... I'm curious. I think it may have something to do with, you know, Randy Orton. It seems like every time the Randy Orton thing, he had the cross, he beats up everything. So the Sister Abigail thing is a very big deal right now, especially if you look at the Firefly Funhouse when Bliss showed up. She said off with her head. So she doesn't like, you know, Bliss, which is interesting going forward because everybody made a correlation. Oh, she's Sister Abigail. She's Sister Abigail. She's not Sister Abigail, folks. She uh, She's her own thing. She's Chucky when she's doing Moment of Bliss, which if you listened, her music was different and weird. And then when she's, uh, you know, inside the Firefly Funhouse, she's a little bit more peppy and her steppy kind of thing. And that was great, too. She nailed it, man. She, she did a great it. job. Uh, I, I am curious to see what happens because, again, the Mad Hatter thing is, you know, we all we're all a little mad down here. Uh, the tea party, the whole thing, like you could go endless supply on that whole Disney rail. Like and that's the thing, too, is like she loves Disney. Like she's hardcore Disney. If you listen to anything she talks about. So. She's this is in her wheelhouse where she's Alice in Wonderland and then she's Chucky. She's like she's doing both kind of back and forth. So the duality of this is really interesting to me. I don't know if she's going to wrestle. I would prefer she doesn't wrestle personally uh, for a I while. Th I mean, I think eventually she will get in. And like I said, I still think they're going to win the mixed match challenge whenever that does officially come sure. back, which I know our boy Ray said soon. But I think like, yeah, I don't think she needs to be a part of that women's division right now just because. I think the only way you get her the women's title is if you're going to give the Fiend the men's title so they can have them together. Sure. If not, we don't need it. No, I, and I think that's the issue is that you got to really, really be specific. Although I was kind of bizarrely creeped out by the arsenic thing, but that's, it is what it is. I thought like, that was hilarious. Like, I was arsenic. Like, well, I was like, when she's got the tea and I saw the rabbit, I'm like, well, she's poisoning because yeah. the rabbit's going to die. Which then we find out that uh, the rabbit did not die, but then Bray finished him off with his new toy. So. Yeah, so... And so going to the moment of bliss thing very quickly, just like the the, idea, the one thing I did enjoy was like the fiend was in the background and he kind of like Orton creeped forward to continue to fight Mac, which I was like, okay, I get that. So now he has the Orton, he has Orton has the Mac, the fiend, and the Miz. Then he's got to worry and about the Roman Reigns. So it's yeah, just like I love it, I love it. So I, I I like that he's lurking in the background. I would prefer that they don't touch till after Survivor Series because you can put it on pause. You know, like he could lose to Roman Reigns because of the Fiend or for because of the Mac, but I would assume that the Mac goes to the Survivor Series team because what else are they going to do with them yeah. for now? Um, yeah. I would not I, be surprised if the Mac and the Fiend have something so that Randy can go do something else for a little bit and then come back to the Fiend. I agree with that. I also, in my hope, I have something that relates to all of this, including the Miz, oh boy. which I think will be a twist that even you would enjoy. But uh, yeah, I think there's, uh, that's why, uh, like, another reason I'm excited for this Survivor Series is like that main event match where we know we're not going to get a finish. There are some million ways they can go for us not to get that finish, and then the million directions they can go off of that. So I'm super excited for that portion of it. As a storyline guy, I think, like you talk about, there's so much story right now with the world titles, which I think is exciting because we don't always get that. Sure. 
Anything that really, really bugged your ass this week? Because Rob no, was really get, worse. Yeah, I think we're officially in the heat, right? Yeah. Um, if you want to talk about on Raw, oh boy, the worst thing I saw this week was that Lucha House Party versus Tazawa Gulak match where Drew, where our truth just runs out, and I was just watching this, I was like, well. The 24-7 title has gone back to Leaping the Dolphin, and I don't need it anymore. It was fun for, like, three weeks now. It's like, what would you say, Nestlemania? I believe your three words, or four words. Or is it, like, get, get him, him off my TV, off, get him off yeah. my TV, get him off my TV, yes. That's more, that's a lot of words. I, yeah. I can't count. But, yeah, that that was the worst thing I saw all week. No, it was bad. It was terrible. It's a wacky roll-up title. It doesn't matter. It never did. It's nice to have Ron, the Truth Killings, on television because he's great. He's a, he's a legend. Uh, he's awesome. He's just, we've seen it all before. There's nothing more you can do. Um, Raw specifically, if I look through this very quickly, is just, the the, the Nia and, and uh, Shana, Shana thing, the Shania Payne thing was fine with the captain bit, but then we get to the reveal and Lana's becomes part of the fucking team. I'm just like, <laughs> if, if, I will say, as like, as dumb as this was, I enjoyed everything Shana and Nia did all night. I thought they're back and forth. This continues to be one of the better things going right now in terms of like just raw goodness. Mm-hmm. But the Lana the winning, it made sense, but it was just like I did laugh because she won. I'm like, oh my God. And then like literally, Naya gives her the hug. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And then she's like, oh, put her through a table again. And I'm like, as dumb as this fucking is, like I'm laughing. So it's still working. And I'm like having her be part of this team where the best part was after she won, they showed all the shock faces of Mandy, Dana, Shayna like rolling her eyes and Naya shocked. I was like, this is why, like, this match is probably the bottom of the totem pole for Survivor Series, but it could have the most fun in it besides Profit's New Day. So, even there you go. There's another little little minor thing that could be a nah. lot of fun in Survivor Series. I will say this much. Yeah, everybody, they are going to work that table bit into the Survivor Series match, too. So, this table thing is going to oh, go yeah. ten times in a row, probably. That's how Nia's going to get eliminated. She's going to get counted out, beating up Lana, probably. Probably. <laughs> probably. But I was just like, ugh. The other thing, too, is that Mia Yim did some weird, uh, I have some tick rash or something that was going on to distract that eight-man tag that didn't end in anything. as elimination eight-man tag, so vomit all over that. And yeah. then on top of it, as you've Who already said. Who won that match, WrestleMania? I believe it was her business. Yeah, who wins every match against these guys? Right, exactly. Like, I'm beginning to think that like retribution, even though it was a long storyline, they didn't know where they were going with it. I think they decided like, okay, let's pull the trigger on this because we need someone for the hurt business to beat every week. Now that we don't have raw underground anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just this is this is dog shit. And then like the promo with Ali being like, yeah, we're here so that blah 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 blah. We'll win when you suffer and all this stuff. Like, oh god, like I that was bad. And it's just like. I just want to enjoy it. Like, I just want to enjoy all these things, but it's just so fucking bad. Like, we've already talked about pretty much everything else. I mean, Keith Lee beating Elias is whatever. And just, like, the Survivor Series team will 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 wait for all five on five to really critique that because I don't think it's necessarily a big deal yet. And I, it will I be. do think in terms of Raw, like, I like AJ Styles with his heavy on the team. Obviously, we like Keith Lee on the team. I, th- I, I thought for sure Riddle was going to beat Sheamus because they tend to go more baby at Survivor Series. So I thought it was a nice twist that Sheamus won. And I think Sheamus being part of these matches could be really good because now you get the dynamic um, going on here where we have two heels and a baby face so far. Sure. So I will say in terms of that, like it's that part is at least intriguing. Sure. But yeah, it's you hard ready? to really bite into this. You ready for know. this? This is an additional Nestle Hope. Not a hope. Yep. This is a, this is an actual spoiler, folks. This is how confident I am in this. Ooh. So Riddle is not on that fucking team because Rollins is going to be on SmackDown. He doesn't want to fucking touch Riddle. So the Friday Night Messiah will now be on that. And listen for this, right? It's going to be 
This is because so- Rollins is going to oh, lose his yes. fucking mind. It's going to be Rollins. It's going to be Dom. It's going to be Mysterio. It's going to be KO and Brian. And he's going to be by himself. He's going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you that's fucking kidding me? Nestle. You're selling yourself even more on Survivor Series No, I'm Series not telling now. myself this is what's going to happen. Having Rollins having a team with the Mysterios yes. and KO yeah. and Daniel Bryan? Yeah. That sounds like a fucking, that's, oh man. That's a, I, it's I'm gonna happen. Just thinking about it. It's gonna happen. And then he, the thing is, is that team is gonna win, and they're gonna say, "Well, it was because of the Messiah that led them." To, like that's <laughs> that's just when it fucking happens. So I love it. I love it. That's my that's my hope. I guess I oh, know I blew it up, but that is. I mean, I just there's so much that's crap on this show that I was just like, ugh. I, there's so much crap I could talk about, but there's just ugh. That that really bothered me. I really got nothing else to say, so you can do some quick eats, or we can go to the hope. Let's go to the hope. Glorious, you are my only hope. Would you like me to start? Or would you like to go? Uh, I can go if you prefer. I, it may go maybe it. It may cramp your. Actually, I don't think I don't know. Maybe it won't cramp your style. So the one thing that I was thinking about was, well, the money in the bank briefcase. I don't want to get into what you're going to say, so I won't go terribly far into it. But I thought to myself, I want to see the Miz cash in on. Like you, 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 you alluded to it. I think that it's not going to be Randy Orton. I think it'd be nice because we looked at the detectiveness of, uh, you know, in in November in Orlando ten years ago, he did it to Randy Orton when he beat Wade, you know, Wade Barrett, I believe, on that row with the uh, the help of Ay. But uh, nobody talks about Ay anymore. Uh, but I I want to see the Miz hold on to that briefcase until WrestleMania. I think I want to see the Miz. It's it's supposedly maybe maybe or not depending on if they do back uh, go back to Tampa or not. I want to see the Miz either headline WrestleMania because it's in LA or have his moment at the end because he deserves it. I think in the middle uh sorry in the middle at the at the end of WrestleMania, especially as being concussed, he he's worked awfully hard as he said every time every year. I want the Miz. I think I need the Miz to either lead us into the main event of WrestleMania or become the last thing we see at WrestleMania, regardless if there's fans or not. I think the man's earned it. I love that man. I think he's done an amazing job. He's got at least two shows, maybe three shows, I believe, on the USA Network, it feels like at this point. And he does amazing work for the company as well. So I think it's long overdue, 10 years in the making. And uh, I, I mean, they probably will pull the trigger very quickly, but I would love to see him. If he if he pulls the trigger, please let him keep it to at least mania. That's all I want. That's all I think is necessary. That's my hope. Please, for the love of God, we all want this. Please let it happen. Well, here's where we're going to differentiate. So I, I'm, if, if my scenario that I'm about to lay out for you doesn't happen, I'm all for him holding it because I think the Miz just carrying around that prop for a long time is just good television. But so we obviously we point to Survivor Series because like you said, like that, like the Randy Orton thing, him and Reigns, we know there's going to be a schmoz because McIntyre could be involved. The Fiend could even be involved. But that, see, this is where I think it gets interesting. The Fiend, as we know, this is alluding to now feuding with Randy Orton. Uh, he alluded to feuding with Retribution last week, but then a couple weeks before that, he was alluding with Wobbly Walrus, Walrus and Alexa being in the back on Roman Reigns to also feuding with Roman Reigns. Well, Randy Orton and Roman Reigns are in the same match now. So you better believe The Fiend, who's probably not going to be part of the Survivor Series team, is playing a role in that match in some shape or form. We also expect The Miz to play in the role in that match in some shape or form. So... I think we're at least like expecting, even if he doesn't officially cash in, at least an attempt from The Miz. Well, how about this, Nestlemania? The Miz will be walking out of Survivor Series as a world champion. But it might not be the title you think. Because here's the thing. We know The Fiend doesn't like Randy Orton. He doesn't like Roman Reigns. But The Fiend clearly wants to get his own revenge on Randy Orton. So sure, yeah, he could go in, cost him the title, whatever. 
But what if the Fiend wants to be the one to do that to Orton? So at Survivor Series, he takes out revenge on someone else, you know, Roman Reigns. And maybe the Fiend creates a schmoz in that match, but beats up Reigns so bad that the Miz cashes in. And since both champions are in the ring, you don't know what he's going for. But what title has the Miz never won in WrestleMania? The Universal Championship. The Universal Championship. And we know the Miz, who loves to talk about the sets of everything. This would complete his set. So I think that The Fiend is going to take out Roman Reigns and actually help Randy Orton because he wants to save Randy Orton's pain for himself to uh, give him. So he gets revenge on Roman Reigns. He saves uh, Orton for himself. And The Miz cashes in and wins the Universal Championship. So now The Miz is completed his set. He's a champion. Fiend and Orton are full speed ahead. Roman Reigns maybe disappears for a little bit because I don't know if he'd feud with uh, The Miz right away, but also sets up down the line maybe the Royal Rumble that Roman Reigns gets involved with The Fiend and that feud picks up. So it just it's, it's more little trails along the way because I honestly, I wouldn't, I, if Reigns is going to lose that title, maybe he takes some time off here and you let The Miz be the transitional champion on SmackDown. He could even, you know, finish his feud off with Otis. Since now he is the champion, Otis would have a reason to go after Miz, and maybe Otis probably doesn't win the championship, but we at least get that. So a lot of moving parts in this hope. I think it would be a lot of fun. It would be something that people aren't expecting. It would set up so much more down the line. So that's my hope, Nestlemania. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag, ooh, yeah. We're going to go to now our comeback. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for eh, a little bit. I'm giving my comeback to Taki, 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 Taki. The fact that he now has been uh, in no longer he's going to be a blue collar worker. He's going to be a big deal, apparently, is what they're going to at least try to make it. He apparently is now, if you read the old dirty dirt sheets, uh, has been shipped over to SmackDown to continue his feud with Otis. Uh, at least it's something, if not nothing, but it will be something, hopefully. But again, I give him my comeback because, again, he was irrelevant before irrelevant was even a word out of my mouth. He was absolutely an afterthought. So everything he said was 100% correct in his promo. I will say this much. I am interested to see what happens with him because, again, it's a C or D level storyline that can give me the, you know, the 10 minutes that I need to get between, you know, Rain's stuff and Sasha's stuff. It'll, it'll, it's a good filler uh, for now. But the, yeah. one, the one thing I will say very quickly is I can see a lot of parts here that are moving like for instance we haven't thought about this i'm gonna go out on a limb here jc because you love mandy so much mandy rose and dana brooke capture those women tag team titles now we know those tag titles can be defended on both shows so maybe mandy rose goes back to smackdown and ends up having to interact with otis and tucker but we find out at that point maybe mandy rose loves her some tucky that would be an interesting <laughs> little thing as no, well how about dana loves some tucky maybe mandy loves some otis maybe oh. maybe there's some love triangle bachelorette bachelor thing going on that i'm sure you'll you know, jump love, into. love rectangle buddy exactly whatever it's a square a rectangle whatever uh so that could happen potentially but then you gave me an idea that i believe could sell me on something specific Ooh. You gave me an idea, JC. You said, you said on this program, not I think 30 minutes ago, that your favorite Olympian is back. Mm -hmm. He is a master in the ring. Mm -hmm. He's also short in stature, needs a heavy. Side shamer. <laughs> However, Tucker is Tucky. huge, huge, and also an Olympic, I'm sorry, not an Olympic, an amateur. Collegiate wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. Very good wrestler. 
Yes. And you want to talk about them being put together. It solves my heavy problem. It solves the tag team problem. I can see this being Gable talking for Tucky. I can see it happening. It won't be American Alpha 2.0. I'm sure it'll be something different and more heelish. And they'd make fun of Tucker. It would be funny. I think. I mean, they make fun of Otis, excuse me. That could be an, an, a way to put those guys on television. If you give them time, you give them time to develop on the fly. I think that'd be really cool. And I think there's a lot of potential for Otis and Tucky and anybody else that gets entangled with them because it's a smaller storyline that won't be your intercontinental or your universal championship, but it'll be that thing that gives you a palate cleanse, I think, if done correctly. So there's my hope. Tucky getting more than he needs at this point, but I think he could definitely, definitely use it because he needs it. Otherwise, he should get the old kick in the ass and out the door. I think you forgot what second we were in. We're actually in the comeback, which you gave to Tucker, but you gave us a bonus help. So I like well, I'm that. giving it, I'm giving it, no, that, I'm just saying, I'm giving it to Tucker. That's <laughs> well, no, you said, you said, here's my hope. I love well, it. I whatever. Love it. It's I a double it. hope. I'm tired. I've got three hours of sleep. Well, you know what? We got, we, I'll, I'll talk for a minute here. Cause don't call it a comeback. He hasn't been here for a little bit. He was here for a little while, but wasn't before that. Pat McAfee shockingly returned to NXT and helped our boy, Oni Lorkin, alongside Danny Birch, win the NXT tag titles in a shocking development. For those of you who didn't know, it was supposed to be the Undisputed Era who defeated Lorkin and Birch to challenge Brizongo for the titles in the main event. But throughout the night, members of the Undisputed Era were getting beat up. We didn't know why. We found out it was a masked Pat McAfee who, no, he's not part of Retribution. He's part of something better. And this guy is a fucking stud. He will be a nominee for Newcomer of the Year, I think, uh, for the Golden Knockers. Um Everything this guy does, I think, in NXT is going to be an absolute home run because he's so polarizing and interesting. We found out he can actually kind of wrestle, which was incredible as a former punter. But uh, I thought this was an interesting development that nobody expected because Lorcan and Birch have kind of been like the grinders of the tag team division down there where like they always kind of get close, but then they always lose to put over someone else. Finally, now they are on top, and I think they have the perfect guy with him, that mouthpiece, so to speak, with the two goons behind him. Uh so a lot of exciting things happening in NXT. I thought this was an incredible, incredible, incredible main event and story for them. Because uh, NXT does, like you, it doesn't always hold my attention week to week. There are things that I love about it. But this is one of the better things I've seen in a while. So Pat McAfee, sir, you get my comeback. Well, I think we're into the one, two, three, big finish. What a maneuver. Uh, there are two things on this plate I think we, we can't not discuss. There's NXT Halloween Havoc and a couple of things on AEW that are definitely worth talking about. Uh, as well as other things, I'm sure. So let's hit that button. Let's do this thing. We absolutely will do that. But first, um, you should give us five stars, five flames on iTunes, Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Google Play, uh, Amazon Music, baby. Like I said last week, we were there. So do that. Jobbernocker.com. That's the website where you can find, obviously, all those links. But also our weekly NXT, uh, AEW, Impact Wrestling, and NXT UK is returning our boy at Danny Fab. On Twitter with one N, I believe. Yes. Uh, so give him a follow. We'll be doing our UK write-ups for us. But also, Don put out a shit ton of content in the last week. Yes. Nestlemania. Uh, he has a Bound for Glory review, which you actually won the predictions, which was hilarious. Yes. A lot of us took donuts, but check out our boy Dom's work. He was working overtime this weekend for you. So check out all that stuff on jobberdocker.com. Also, TJ wrote an impromptu article about Sasha and Bailey's uh, match at NXT TakeOver back in the day, the first one. Uh, which was one of the greatest matches of all time, in my opinion, top five, one of my favorite matches of all time. So a shit ton of content on the knocker.com. And like we mentioned, coming soon, our top 10 tag teams will be out. So be on the lookout for that. 
Twitter at Jabberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at Billy 2411 at Joe Pollock 47 at TJ of the JK, at DommyFeds33, at Danny Fab with one N, Facebook Jabberknocker, Instagram Jabberknocker, because we're everywhere you want to be on social media, Nestle. It's true. I don't. Did I, I miss anything? I don't. Did I miss anything? I, I think I think you've nailed almost everything. So if you miss something, I'm sure somebody will let you know. Well, Nestlemania, as I've known you for a while now, you love Halloween. I do. So you must be pumped and jacked for NXT Halloween Havoc. This is a pretty good card. But first, we got to start off with the match I'm most excited for uh, between Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Not only because I think both those guys are awesome, but it is a haunted house of terrors match. What do you think we're gonna get from this, Nestlemania? Can you just say it again? I just want to hear you say it again. It is a haunted house of terrors match. I can't wait. I I love stupid <laughs> shit. As long as this isn't the stupid Halloween SmackDown brawl shit we get every year. No, this is this I think is going to have production value in it. I hope so. I hope that this is more scary. I mean, they're on full sale. Well, not full sale. They're in the they're in the Capital Wrestling Center. Excuse me. Uh, so I, maybe they'll have something specific. But I, I look. I look forward to Halloween every year. I think this match will be a lot of fun. I think that I'm. I'm interested to see where this goes because it's Halloween, man. Like, let's have some fun. And I think that they don't do it in the WWE correctly a lot. So I'm hoping that Triple H does a great job here. I really do. I, I think that NXT has a chance here to really take a 10-pole event from WCW and make it their own. Like, I know I gave shit for American Bash and all that shit, but I'm hoping, hoping and praying that Halloween Havoc, because it's my, literally one of my favorite Halloween things ever and also one of my favorite wrestling pay-per-views ever. I'm hoping they don't botch this, and especially this match. I'm assuming you think Dexter Loomis is going to win like me because he's the creepy guy? Yeah, I mean, it's Halloween. You have to have him win. Yeah. You have to. All right, well, next up, we actually have two championship matches, and I'll put them together because the Garganos are once again challenging for the titles. Damian Priest defends the North American title against Johnny Gargano, and Io Shirai defends against Candice LeRae. But the kicker is Shotzi Blackheart. Blackheart, excuse me, who is hosting the event, gets to spin the wheel and make a deal for these matches, WrestleMania. Listen, this comes back from uh, Halloween Havoc 92. It's so much fun. I remember as a kid getting the VHS and seeing spin the wheel, make the deal sting versus uh, Jake Roberts with the uh, the coal miner's glove. I hope they don't go back to coal miner's glove because that'd be kind of funny. I don't think there's going to be a, a physical wheel. I think they're going to do a digital thing like she had behind her the other day or sorry, last week. Uh, I'm interested in it. I think that, you know, Johnny Gargano, as much as I don't love seeing him wrestle anymore, his promos with his, you know, spinning the wheel at home thing have been relatively entertaining. It was good. I think, you know, I, this wheel wants me to die. Like, it's funny. Like, I, <laughs> I appreciate that aspect of it. Uh, obviously, I don't think that Johnny Gargano is going to win. I hope Candice LeRae wins. I think that'd be awesome. But Io Shirai is such, on a, such a tear that I, I don't really necessarily mind it. I'm... I'm curious to see what happens. I will absolutely tune into this because it has my attention. It has it gives me that good feel back vintage thing. And I know everybody gives me shit because I talk about going overboard with the vintage shit. But for me, I'm going to take my day off on, on Wednesday from bitching about it. And I'm going to enjoy Wednesday night. You're going to pick and choose your gripes. I yes, like it. Like yes. a good flip flop. Also, very quickly, if Shotzi Blackheart, hold on. If Shotzi Blackheart doesn't dress as Elvira, I'm going to be very pissed because that <laughs> is an interesting way to keep it going as a joke. But I don't know if they're going to do it. Anyway, I, I do believe that Candice LeRae will win. I think that Johnny Gargano will not win. I think that uh, that that he's he doesn't need a championship anymore because he's bigger than the championship, TJ would say. So. No, I, I actually, I agree with you. I think, um, I honestly, I think the woman should main event because I think that would be more exciting. Um, I do think Damien Priest will retain, but I do agree. I think it is Candice LeRae's time, and I look forward to her being champion with Johnny being the valet because I've enjoyed Johnny Gargano as her valet more than I've enjoyed him on his own in a long time. So I think that's uh, the sweet spot. But we head over to AEW where we have, I believe, four big segments 
but three huge matches, including uh, the semifinals to set the number one contender match, which will be at full gear. We have Kenny Omega versus Penta Alzero and Hangman Adam Page versus Wardlow. WrestleMania, I think a lot of people think that this is no doubt going to lead to a Hangman Omega match. Um, which I think, honestly, that's if I was betting money on this, I'd take. But for the purposes of this show, I think that match can still happen at Full Gear without this. And it would be interesting to see Penta El Zero and Wardlow pick up the wins with Penta El Zero, one of the most underutilized guys on the roster, become the number one contender. So for my uh, unofficial official picks, I'm going to take the two upsets. I think Kenny Omega has to get this championship eventually. They've gone... They've gone he's beating Moxley. Yeah. He's the one to he's beat the Moxley. One that beat Moxley. Yeah, I think that's the big the big deal here. I think uh, it's not Murderhawk. It's not going to be Wardlow. It's not going to be Penta. It's nobody ever. Eddie Kingston. Brian Cage. Eddie Kingston. Everybody is on Eddie Kingston's dick about his promos. It's just like, oh my God. He's like, he's the greatest promo, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, great, whatever. I don't he's, really care. He's a good promo, but I could give two shits when he wrestles. Exactly. He's like yeah. he's he's somebody that could be an amazing manager and like yes. where he is right now with his family and everything back together with the blade the, the bunny and the butcher and you know having the, you know the lucha brothers and stuff like that like that makes perfect sense where he is having him wrestle he looks like he just doesn't give a shit like he's just it needs to be a street fight for yeah. me to care about him wrestling because yeah. he's just like he's not and that's where he succeeds he's a violent guy but like you said I think the end game is there. But I under I like it's not my favorite thing, but I understand why they're doing it because he is so hot right now and people love him that putting him for the championship does make a lot of sense. Sure. As much as it, not for me, but for everyone else. Sure, and he he can sell it. He sold it on the the, the promo that he said with John Moxley that you went to be a sports John. entertainer. John. I love the way he like, says John. Yeah. Uh, so look, look, it's like you know. Susan Waldman on the Yankees broadcast. <laughs> John. <laughs> But look, it it is what it is, and so that that's that. But I, yeah, I do believe Kenny Omega is the guy. I think ha- there's they've they've talked about Hangman Page and Kenny Omega being away from each other since they've lost the tag team titles, and having them bump into the finals to me seems better than having them have a reason to fight each other at this point. Because uh, accidentally, and then having I to, don't disagree. You know, having that happen, I think, is where they're going to go. All right, and that brings us. Uh, I believe there also is a. Inner circle meeting to decide if MJF is uh, in the group. I believe that's the segment for this week. First off, I can't believe we went this far without talking about the de- the, the, din- the diner, Dene, or whatever, Debonair. Very that was... mixed reviews. I liked it. I know I thought it was amazing. It. I thought that thing was amazing. Well, people, do- people need to have a funny bone. They must have had extracted. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this. I thought that this was better than anything WWE has produced in a very long time. Eh, that's I wrong. No, absolutely, 100%. I'm listen. I'm not an AEW guy, but I love that segment. Bullshit! You are a, such an AEW. No, guy. no, 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 no. You're in disguise. No, no, You're no. You're an no. anti-Cody guy, but you love everything else. That no, AEW no, 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 no. Well, anti-Cody because he sits there and he's like, "My belt is the most important belt in the world." Yeah, you should feel that. Do you know Nestle The Intercontinental Champion, whether it's the Miz or AJ Styles or whoever, has been saying that forever, and nobody got mad. But they get mad about Cody because he's fucking polarizing because he's a top star. So good on him for putting that out there. Because guess what it does. Buzz, 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 buzz. It we're in a buzz business, baby, and that man gets it better than anyone. He's a fucking genius. Bow down and kiss the ring, bitch. I fucking hate it. Let's move on. Yeah, I love it. Let's move on. But, oh, let's move on to his match, lumberjack match for the TNT title. Uh, Orange Cassidy gets pro- hopefully his last chance at it because he lost to Brody Lee like twice. Now he's, he's not fucking winning. Like let's just he's no, not, he's not. But so this is the thing. Like this match could, was I honestly the 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 Cody Cassidy match was fucking awesome. Yeah, I was one of the first AEW slash NXT matches that non pay per view that I watched in full in a while without fast forwarding a little bit. It had my attention, so I'm cool with the rematch. I think the lumberjack match is a little too much, but these two at least like put on a good show together. 
he'll he won't win. That, that's really what it comes no. out. He won't win. So that, that 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 to me, it's like you have to entice me at this point. Like my my minutes are very very maxed out. You get a I'm you, enticed, bro. I'm not enticed. Let's move on. Well, that's it. That's that's the show. Oh, okay. And then we're done. <laughs> We are listen. AEW definitely is going to get crushed this week by Halloween Havoc. I believe. Really? I think so. I Interesting. Think, so I, I think, like, obviously, we saw last week the ratings. If you care about those, got really close. Yeah. Um, and I will say this is something I found interesting because I know like Jericho found one stat that said they were the most watched, and the only reason I bring this up is because the fucking AEW honk himself, Meltzer, put it out there. It was the lowest rated like segment in like. The entire year for the Wednesday shows, apparently, mm. was the, the de- dinner debonair, which surprised me because I think I know the reason why, like, you like it and I like it because we're fans of MJF and Jericho and that type of thing. But, like, how often does WWE get criticized for doing things similar to this, even if they are good? That people just, there are some wrestling fans who just want wrestling. Mm. That's not why we watch. We like both because we're special. No, we're not. We're no better than anyone else, but we just, let's just say, like, we have more expansive palettes. Some people go to dinner. And they want the same thing every week. I go to dinner and I like to get a different thing every time, kind of mix it up, you know, maybe sample each other's plates. That's more of like what we are. Not so during I COVID, it, you don't. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not really going to dinner with anyone. It's kind of like, hey, I'm going to order takeout and eat it all myself and get fat. The hurt business. Yeah. yeah. But you understand what I'm no, saying. I, I like to make a lot of comparisons to food because I like eating. I feel like most people like eating. So no, I think I'm it's hungry. It's lunchtime. What are you doing to me? It is lunchtime. I ate breakfast right before this, though, on purpose. Oh, I had I'm, a I'm starving. huge coffee, which is why. This is probably the longest show in a while. What are we at? Yeah, it was 116. We love you guys. I hope you enjoyed our content this week. <laughs> we tried to, you know, it's one of those things like we know you can turn us off at any time, but those of you that enjoy us and we thank you because we love all of you very much and we're appreciative of you guys taking time out of your week to listen to us. We hope you bring joy. So it's one of those things like we don't like to put a cap on it because you know what time limits do Nestlemania? They dampen creativity. And I work on TV, so I understand that because for obvious reasons, we get time constraints, but here on the Jobber Knocker, we have no time constraints constraints because that's just how it is. Because I'm so, too lazy to cut it out. No, I just on that note, <laughs> we hope you enjoy Halloween Havoc. We hope you enjoy AEW. We will be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. Yeah.